Alright, go to the book of Matthew tonight, chapter 7. Continuing our Sermon on the Mount series. We're in the final chapter of this sermon that Jesus preached. It's three chapters long. And uh, boy, there's just been so many good things that He's taught in here. Things that, boy, if we would follow them, it literally it would change our life. We're going to have hard times. We're going to have storms. But God wants us to have victory. Jesus told us how. He said, uh, this, if we do these things, we're like a wise man. And I want to be that way. But I'm going to read the first five verses for you right now and then we'll jump right in to this message. So Matthew 7.1 says, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? But considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank You so much for everyone who came out this evening. And Lord, I pray that You'll give them a special blessing. Lord, I pray You'll give them something in this message that will be a help to them, God. And You'll help all of us to put these things in our life. We can be like that wise man, Lord. And I just pray You'll speak to hearts. In Your name we pray. Amen. Right here we just... This, uh, we learn, we read a passage about Jesus and He's talking about something that is very dangerous. It's something that's very dangerous for the individual who does this? This ver- this passage, it is, it's kind of a very popular passage. People like to quote it, but most people, when they quote this passage, um, they kind of got the wrong idea about it. They kind of use it in the wrong way. They like that part that says, judge not. Now nobody likes to be judged. Anybody like being judged? Anybody like it when somebody comes along and they just criticize you and they judge you maybe based on uh, just your appearance or based on just outward things, the people they don't really know you, but they judge you anyway. All right, does anybody like that? No, absolutely not. Uh, no, nobody likes that. And but this passage isn't necessarily saying this as a way. You know, Jesus isn't trying to warn us about the dangers of making somebody feel bad because we judge them. That's not. That's not what he's doing. There's actually something else, and we'll get into that in just a second. But the first thing I want you to see here in this in this passage is that number one, when we judge, or what this means, when we judge, we determine what should be the consequences for someone's actions. Now he said it's when we're trying to be kind of the judge, jury, and executioner all at once. Where we look and somebody does something that we know is wrong, and we say, you know what? This ought to happen to them. Well, I can't believe they did that. The Lord ought to strike that person with a bolt of lightning. You know, this ought to happen to that person. And we'll start pronouncing all these judgments on them. And God said not to do that. It's not up to us to be the judge on what should happen to everybody. Okay? It's not up to us. And listen, I understand, I understand not liking it when people judge you. But here's the thing. Jesus isn't warning. He's not warning us about this because our judgments that we put on other people 
might hurt their feelings or it might happen to them. The fact is, anybody in this room, you can judge me all you want about something. If anybody in here saw me speeding, for example, you could judge me and say, he deserves a ticket. And you'd be, at, you'd be right. But does your judgment cause me to get a ticket? No, you don't have the authority. You're not a police officer. You can't give me a ticket. Maybe if you think, well, you know, that person, uh, you know, he's just not a good person. He ought to have his children taken away from him or something like that. Do you have the authority to have that done? Absolutely not. You might even go as far as saying, you know what, I don't think, I don't think Pastor Tommy's a very good pastor. I think he ought to get fired and somebody else ought to take over. Alright, and you might think, you know, God ought to, God ought to just remove them and God ought to take care of them, but do you have the authority to do that? Can you make God strike me with a bolt of lightning? Can you do those things? Absolutely not. Therefore, your judgment really is not a, it's, it's not a threat. It's not a danger to me. And people all the time, boy, you're going to talk about, you know, it's just wrong. People shouldn't judge me. Well, who cares if they judge you? It's not going to Make anything happen to you. You know, she's not a very good wife. Her husband ought to leave her. Well, just because somebody says that ought to happen doesn't mean it's going to happen. They don't have that power over you. The danger of judging, or this type of judging, number two, is not a sin against others. It's a sin against yourself. This is a sin against yourself. When you judge other people, this is a problem. You're creating a problem for yourself. It says, For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Jesus is saying here that the way you judge other people is the way I'm going to judge you. The measure, the requirements you put on other people is the requirements I'm going to put on you. This is very dangerous because number three, we see that we're in danger of deciding our own punishment. We're in danger of deciding our own punishment. If you have your Bibles, look at Second uh, Samuel chapter 12. I want to read a passage of Scripture to you. Second Samuel chapter 12 and verse 5. Now this, uh, you all probably heard the story of David. Of course, we know about David and how he killed Goliath. And David, he was a good man. God loved David. David did a lot of good things. But David made a big. David made some big mistakes. One of the biggest mistakes that David made is he committed adultery with a woman named Bathsheba. David went and took her. It was not his wife. Her husband was a loyal soldier to David. David had her husband Uriah murdered. And in Second Samuel twelve, God sends Nathan the prophet to come to David and to kind of. Uh, rebuke him for what he's done. And Nathan comes along and he gives David a parable. He tells him about a man, a poor man, who had only one small lamb. And he told him about how another man came and he took that lamb from that person. And boy, David heard about what happened to that poor man and David got angry. And he said, that guy, that man shall surely die and he shall pay fourfold. And listen to what we see here in verse five, or in verse six, or verse, I'm sorry, verse seven. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. 
Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And God goes on and talks about all these things he did for David. And God told, or Nathan tells David, you're the guy I was talking about. You're all worried about a man that stole somebody else's land. You stole somebody's wife. You're the one that did that. And Nathan said uh, um, in verse uh, 13, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. God said, I'm not going to kill you, David, but listen to this. How be it? Because thou, by this deed... Thou hast given great occasion of the, uh, to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also that is born to thee shall surely die. And Nathan departed in his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was sick. David said, that man's going to repay fourfold. Did you know that if you go on and you read the story of David, that David lost four of his children? He lost four of them. The judgment that he judged with to that other man, God said, that's how I'm going to judge you, David. That's how I'm going to judge you. David picked his own punishment by judging somebody else. And we are in danger when we judge other people of picking our own punishment. I imagine David later, he was probably thinking, man, I wish I would have just said that man will receive 30 lashes. Because I guarantee you, David would have rather had that than what he went through. David went through some very tragic circumstances. He lost that baby that Bathsheba had gotten pregnant with when he committed adultery with her. He also lost his son Absalom. His son Absalom rebelled against him and tried to steal the kingdom from him, and he lost him. His other son Amnon raped his own sister Tamar, and Absalom ended up having Amnon killed him. And it was just one tragic thing after another. David picked his own punishment. We don't want to do that to ourselves. Another way that we judge, number four, is when we attribute bad circumstances as consequences for past sins. Have you ever... Maybe somebody's done this to you. Maybe you've done it to somebody else. But maybe somebody's going through a hard time. Maybe something bad happens to somebody. Maybe they lose a family member and somebody dies. And you know what? We get, we get to be all judgmental. We'll look and say, you know what? God's punishing them because they did this or that. Maybe somebody, they get backslidden on God. Maybe they they quit going to church and you start seeing their life going downhill. Listen, that kind of thing does happen. You get out of the will of God, bad things are probably going to happen. But we've got to be careful about judging. We've got to be careful about saying that these bad things are happening because of that. Because let me tell you, when we do that, we are in danger of making those same things happen to us. Because there might come a day where we're the ones that are backslidden on God. Where we're the ones that get out of the house of God. And we're the ones that are disobedient to God. And when we're saying all these things should happen to them, God's going to look and say, you know what? That's what I'm going to do with you. You think all these things should bad things should happen to other people when they do wrong? Well, you're doing the same thing now. Those same things are going to happen to you. So this is very dangerous. This happened in John chapter nine. Uh, you don't have to turn there, but in John chapter nine, verse one through three, we see a story about and I, I, this attitude. I tell you, it's sad, but many people have it. We got to be careful. It says, and Jesus passed by, and he saw a man which was blind from his birth. 
And, this is, and listen to what Jesus' disciples said. These are Jesus' disciples. He, and His disciples asked Him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. These guys look and they see this blind man. He's sitting there by the way. And Jesus' disciples, they look, and boy, they just got to look at themselves and think, you know what, I can see. My families can see. I don't have anybody that's blind in my family. Boy, the Lord's really blessing me. But the Lord should be blessing me. And I'm one of His disciples. I'm doing right. I'm following Jesus Christ. Boy, I wonder what this guy did that was so bad. And they got they, and they asked Jesus, Lord, what did this man do that he was born blind? Was it him that sinned? Or was it his parents? Did his parents do something bad? Just to that. Neither. But neither of them sinned. You know what? Sometimes bad things just happen to people. Sometimes people are born with physical problems. Maybe they're born with mental problems. And sometimes Christian people will be looking and maybe that parent's got something wrong in their life and they'll start saying, you know what? I know why that happened to them. That's God God judging them. That's God punishing them. No. Maybe God's got a plan. Maybe God's wanting to work a miracle in that person's life. We don't know. We can't. We do not want to go trying to be the judge in that situation. In the book of Job, if you read the book of Job, Job was a righteous man. He was one that feared God. He hated evil. But you know what? God wanted to. God wanted to teach the world some great lessons through the life of Job. God has a right to do that. And Job lost his entire family. He lost his possessions. He lost everything, and God looked at Job and Job's friends. They came along, and they came along to comfort Job. They decided we're going to we're going to comfort him. We want to be an encouragement to him. And they went. You know what those guys did for several chapters? They tried to figure out what Job did that was so bad that God punished him like that. They tried to figure it out, and Job kind of defended himself, saying, "I didn't. I didn't do anything." And their friends, they're, they're getting mad at Job and they're like, no man, you had to have done something. This kind of stuff doesn't happen to people that did right. You did something bad, Job. And they went and they questioned and later on, God, God never even tells Job why He did it. The truth is, it had nothing to do with anything bad. God was trying to teach everybody else a lesson. God, and God restored everything to Job. God took care of him. And God was very angry at those men for judging Job and trying to act like Job had to have done something bad. That was not the case. We do not we do not want to be that way. And also number five, when we judge uh or well before we get to number five, we judge uh when we judge this way, we're in danger of making that same mistake that David did. We don't want to do that. If something bad happens to somebody and you say that happened because they did this or that, be careful. Because that day might come where you make that same mistake and God may judge you and God will judge you the same way you judged other people. So but then number five, when or we judge when we try to carry out judgment or consequences for someone's sins. You know, a lot of times, sometimes Christian people, it's almost like they resent the fact that they're a Christian and that God expects them to live godly. 
And they'll see somebody else who claims to be saved, somebody else who claims to be a child of God. And they'll see them doing something that's wrong. And boy, they're just thinking, man, God ought to punish them. And God doesn't punish them. It doesn't seem like God's doing anything. And so people try to do it themselves. Maybe they will uh, they'll snub that person. They won't talk to them. They'll be unfriendly to them. They'll try to make them feel unwelcome in church. They'll do all kinds of things to somehow punish that person for what they think they did wrong. You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to be the judge. They're trying to punish them themselves. They'll try to get other people to punish them. Say, they'll, Maybe they'll see somebody being friendly to that person. Like, wait a minute. Hey, you don't want to be friends with that person. Do you know what they did? Basically, what, that, what you're saying is, listen, you, they don't deserve to be your friend. Very, very dangerous. You don't ever want to do that. that but people do it. They want, it. they want bad things to happen. They try to get other people to punish them. Sometimes people like even try to get God to punish them. Like, Lord, this, this person I work with, I just can't stand this person. They're making my life miserable. Lord, will You please kill them? And we don't pray that. But in our hearts sometimes, I think if we were honest, we're praying, Lord, get rid of this person. Lord, wipe them off the face of the earth. Lord, do something to them. And let me tell you, this is very dangerous. And you know what? Paul actually did something very similar in 2 Timothy 4.14. I want to read a passage to you. I love love the way Paul said this. I'm going to be honest with you. This prayer that Paul makes... I don't make this I I don't pray this one very often. Now listen, you can if you want, and I don't think you're doing anything biblically wrong, but you might want to be careful. Listen to what Paul prayed. Second Timothy four fourteen it says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Do y'all get that? Alexander the coppersmith, I don't know what he did, but he did something bad to Paul. Paul said, Lord, reward him according to his works. Now, that's a just prayer. Alright? Reward him according to his works. Alright, nothing wrong with that. He's basically telling God, Lord, will you please give him what he deserves? Now, Paul didn't say what it was. Paul didn't say what it was. But... Paul wanted God to do justice to this man. Now let me. But now here's the thing. I think that prayer is okay. But here's the thing: if we're praying that prayer to everybody, if we're saying, "Lord, give so and so what they deserve," okay, that's okay. That's a just prayer. But here's the thing: with what measure I meet, it's going to be measured to me. With what judgment I judge, I'm going to be judged that way. I don't always want the Lord to give me what I deserve. I don't. Now the Apostle Paul, boy, he was close to God. He was faithful to God. Paul was a better Christian than I am. So maybe he was able to pray a prayer like this and it not come back to haunt him. But me, I'm, I'm looking for God's mercy all the time. I don't know about you. And I'm just going to be honest, I haven't prayed this one yet. Because I'm asking God for God's mercy too much. I'm asking for God to not give me what I deserve too much. But I don't know. I just like I like how Paul said that. 
Lord, reward him according to his works. That was a very brave prayer that Paul that Paul prayed. But me, I'd rather be like Moses. Moses was always trying to get God to show mercy to the children of Israel. They'd be doing they'd be going against Moses, wanting to kill Moses, and God's getting mad for Moses. God's wanting to destroy the children of Israel. But Moses said, Lord, please forgive them. What a great attitude that was. There's no wonder why Moses was the greatest leader that ever lived. But also, when we judge, we set the precedent for how God judges us. So listen, we can actually make this work to our benefit. That was number six. When we judge, we set the precedent for how God judges us. So here's the thing. If I'm judging people in a merciful way, if I'm being merciful to people, if I give people what they don't deserve, alright, if I'm forgiving to those people when they don't deserve it, then God's gonna be the same way with me. This can, while this is a scary verse, it can actually work to our advantage. Say, you know what? Yeah, that person messed up. But you know what? I'm gonna pray for that person. I'm gonna try to help them. Through this, a lot of times, mate, when when we see people struggling, especially financially, boy, we like to find all the excuses for why we don't need to be a help to them. It's like, well, you know what, that person, boy, they shouldn't have, you know, they shouldn't have bought this, or they shouldn't have ran up their debt, or they shouldn't have done all these things. Well, I don't know about you, but I've made some financial mistakes before. I've gotten myself in some binds before, and I wanted God's mercy. I wanted God's blessing. And you know what? You might have your act together now, but there might come a time where you need God's mercy. You need God to give you what you don't deserve. And so, and if God has seen you doing that for other people, God's been seeing you helping other people when they didn't, when they didn't deserve it, God's going to look at that and He's going to do the same thing back to you. This can work to our benefit. This can be, this can end up being a blessing. That's why we need to be forgiving. Number eight, we need to be forgiving. Number seven is we can make this work to our benefit. Number eight, we need to be forgiving. I want God to forgive me when I mess up. Listen, I do my best. I don't mess up on purpose. But I want God to be forgiving to me. And the Bible, and the Lord's Prayer that we talked about a few weeks ago says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, God forgives us the way we forgive other people. We've got to remember that. It is absolutely necessary for our own benefit that we are forgiving to other people because we're going to need it. We need God to be forgiving to us. We need that. But God forgives us the way that we forgive other people. Don't ever forget that. You know, you hear people all the time demanding forgiveness from other people. Listen, if if you want forgiveness so bad, the way you get it is by you being forgiving to others. These verses that we're reading, people are always using them against other people in the wrong way. You know, don't judge me. You need to forgive me. Listen, that God didn't put these verses in the Bible so we could tell people not to judge us. So we could tell people to forgive us. God didn't put it in there for that reason. He put it in there so we would not want to judge other people, so we would want to be forgiving to other people, this will work to our benefit. We need to be merciful. That's when 
Not only we forgive, but when we go and we give back more than that person deserves. Forgiveness is maybe you punch me in the nose. And if you punch me in the nose, you deserve to be punched in the nose. But if I'm forgiving, and I should be, I will not punch you in the nose. But if I'm merciful, I take it a step farther. Not only do I not punch you in the nose, but I do something kind in return. That's mercy. I don't know about you, but I I sin against God and I want Him to still bless me. I want Him to be merciful to me. So number nine, we need to be merciful. Number ten, when we judge others, we fail to see our own problems. You know, some people are so busy judging other people that, I mean, they've got these huge issues that are just, I mean, they're huge. Everybody knows about them. But they, everybody knows about it but themselves. Listen to what he says in verse 3. He said, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? And seeth not the beam that is in thine eye? Kids, pay attention. Listen, you know what Jesus is saying here? He's saying, it would be like if I had a little splinter in my eye. Let's say I've got, I got just a little speck of dust in my eye. It's a mote. Now, if I've got that in my eye, that's not good. That's going to bother me. My eye's going to water. I'm not going to see clearly. But let's say Joseph back there, he's walking around and he's saying, Pastor Tommy's got, look at everybody, he's got a little speck in his eye. He's got a little splinter in his eye. And while Joseph's saying that, he's got this big long 2 by 4 hanging out of his eye. Now you'd be like, what's he doing worrying about Pastor's little moat when he's got a 2 by 4 sticking out of his eye? You'd say, what's wrong with that kid? Listen, before and then and he's going and he's trying to pick that little speck out of my eye. You'd be like, hey, bud, you got a beam hanging out of your eye. You need to take care of that. And God's saying, why do you do that? Or listen to this. Uh, he said, or, uh, there's another passage where Jesus said, you maybe you've got a little gnat in your cup. Or your neighbor's got a little gnat in their cup. Have you ever drank something and also you looked and there's a bug in it or something? Yeah. Alright, that, you know, and you're, you're sick. It's like, oh man, I could have swallowed that. And I, listen, I, I don't want to swallow a bug. Okay, that'd be bad. If I got a bug in my drink, I want to take care of it. I want to get rid of it. If, you, if I see you've got a bug in your drink, you know, I'll, I might say, I'll probably say something to you, hey, hey but there's a fly in there. You, you might not want to drink that. Okay? The Pharisees, Jesus said to them, He said, you're always going, you're trying, you're straining at the gnats. You're trying to get the gnats out, but you've got a camel in your cup. Now there's a mental picture for you. Imagine if I'm standing there and I'm drinking a cup of coffee, and I'm trying to pick some little gnats out of there, and I'm ignoring the fact that there's this big, huge camel in my cup. Jesus, He uses some extremes sometimes to get points across. You'd say, why are you worried about those gnats? You've got a whole camel in your cup. Are you crazy? Why are you worried about that? I'm sitting there and I'm drinking that cup and I've got a camel in it. And you're, and you're there and I'm laughing. It's like, hey, look at that person. They're drinking a cup of coffee with a bug in it. Like, who cares? You have a camel in your cup. That's a bigger deal. And Jesus said, if what, he said, you hypocrites, first, Get the beam out of your eye, and then you can worry about taking care of the moat that's in your brother's eye. So, so when we, when, but some people are so busy judging everybody else, they don't see their own problems. We don't want to do that. 
We've got to make sure that we take care of ourselves first. We've got to make sure that we have our own lives right first, that we're right with God. If we don't, if we don't get our if we can't if we don't straighten out our own life, we can't be a help to anybody else. An example I try to give somebody, you know, you want to be a help to somebody, you've got to make sure that you're doing right. If somebody was out, if you're out walking in the woods, and somebody falls, maybe there's an old abandoned well down there, and somebody falls down in that well, I mean, it's 30 feet deep. Okay, and that's your friend down there. Well, you want to help them out, don't you? You want to get them out of there. Well, what's the best way to get them out? Jump down in there with them? It's like, hey, buddy, we're in this together, man. We'll find a way out of here. No. If you want to help them out, you need to make sure you stay on the top side. Alright? You want to make sure that you don't get in that pit too. And then you have the ability to throw a rope down there to them. And you have the ability to go for help. And you can actually help them. But if you're both in the mess, then, then you're going to be in big trouble. Neither of you are going to get out. And we have, and a lot of times people when they when it comes to salvation and getting their lives right, many times people they one of the reasons they don't want to get saved, they don't want to go to church, is because they're worried about all their family that's not living for God. And they're afraid, you know what, I want to try to help them first. I want to help them get through some of these problems. Listen, you cannot help them if you're if you don't have your own life right. You can't do that. So, well, my oh, this person, they, you know, my, they've got this problem, and I, if, if they straighten this out, then everything will be okay. No, if you want to help them, you have to have your own life right first. You cannot possibly help anybody if your own life is a mess. You've got to straighten your life out first. To try to get them to fix their problems first is hypocrisy. Jesus said in this passage, He said, Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. We've got to take care of our own problems first. And I don't know about you, but if we were honest with ourselves, I think we admit we've got our own share of troubles that we need to take care of. Most of us, if we would be honest and really get a good look at ourselves, we would say, listen, I, I've got so much I've got to work on in my own life. I'm not going to go around judging other people. I'm not going to worry about going around and picking on everybody else's problems. I'm going to concentrate on myself and I want to try to get to the point in my life where I can be a help to somebody else. And when you get to that point, if, you're, if you get to where you've got those beams taken care of and you've got the camels out of your cup, I'm here to tell you, you're not going to be running around judging people. You're not going to be running around criticizing and trying to get God to punish them. You're going to try to help them out. You're going to be praying for God to be merciful to them. And then number 11, the best way, and we've been talking about this, the best way to help other people is to get our own lives right. Listen, I understand having a burden for other people. I hope you have a burden for some people. You might have some family members, some loved ones that you're concerned about. Maybe the the path that they're taking is I mean they're they're heading for destruction. You're concerned about them. And boy, I get that. I hope you pray for them. I hope you stay concerned about them. I hope you do. But I'm here today to tell you that you cannot help those help anybody if your own life is a mess. You can't. You've got to get your own life on track. You've got to be before other people are. You're going to help other people get right with God. You've got to be right with God. Listen, it's real easy to get to looking at this world and to see all the wickedness that's going on and think, how in the world can 
We make a difference. There's no way. There's no way. The world's too wicked. Listen, you'd be surprised. We can't fix the whole world ourselves. But you know what? If we get our own lives taken care of, and we can get to where we help the next person, and then maybe that person starts helping somebody else, boy, it can start to spread. It can make a difference. But I'm here today to tell you that if your own life is not right, you're not going to help anybody. You're not going to make a difference. You're not going to help. You're not going to help your family. Well, if my husband would just get his act together, if my wife would just get their act together, then everything would be okay. No, that is not the way it works. If you want any chance of everything being okay, you first, you first say, "I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to do right." I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to make sure I'm right with God. Listen, I know it would be a whole lot easier if all your friends and all your family came to church. It would be a lot easier to go to church if it was that way. If you had the support of everybody around you. But let me tell you, if you say, well, I'll be faithful to church when I have that, you'll never be faithful to church. You've got to say, I'm going to do it first. And then I'm going to try to lead other people to do the same thing. You're going to have to do that. You know, it would be sad if maybe there's somebody you've been praying for, somebody you've been wanting to see get saved. Maybe somebody you've been trying to invite to church. And boy, you've been telling them, boy, you need to come to church. You, need, you, need, you ought to be in church. You ought to be in the house of God. And then what if one night you're like, you know what, I'd rather stay home and watch a football game. And then they decided to come to church that night. And they're like, man... It obviously isn't that important. They obviously don't care. They obviously don't need it that much. You know what? I don't need it either. Boy, we've got to, we've got to make sure we set a good example. We've got to make sure that we show other people the right way. And in doing this, we can actually make a difference. But ultimately though, the goal of this message tonight, the challenge that I have for you, is to make sure that you are very careful about how you judge. Because it's going to end up coming back on you, and this can't, that that might be scary for some man. I've been I've been harsh to people, but I've been I'm, I'm always mad, praying that God will take care of that person and God will give them what they deserve. I'm here today to tell you you need to change that. You need to make you need to be careful. Listen, you can do that if you want to judge. You know what? You can pray that all you want. You can pray, Lord. Give so-and-so what they deserve. Lord, that person that did wrong, God, smite them. You know, you, you can pray that all you want. And you know what? God might even answer your prayer. But boy, I'm here to tell you, you better make sure you keep your act together. You better make sure that you don't do any of those things. Because if you do, God's going to judge you the way you judged other people. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be merciful. I'd rather be forgiven because I want that from God. And if I'm that way to other people, God's going to do the same thing with me. This can be this can be scary, but it can also be exciting. I, I hope you'll have the right attitude, and I know God will bless you for it. So let's all stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.